It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Locked On Thunder Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Brady Trantham, and for the next 30 minutes or so, you will be Locked On Thunder. It's Tuesday, and the Thunder are on the first night of a back-to-back. Once again, home game the first game, road game in the second game. They got the L.A. Clippers, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and company tonight in Chesapeake Energy Arena, and then tomorrow night against the now Derek Roseless and I don't know if that really matters or not. To It matters to somebody, probably to Derrick Rose. But the Derrick Roseless Detroit Pistons on the road tomorrow night. So, yes, Danilo Gallinari is probably not going to play tomorrow night. So enjoy watching him play tonight, everybody. We'll get into a little bit of these new lit Clippers because one of our old friends, Mr. Reggie Jackson, plays for the Clippers now after being bought out by the Detroit Pistons and joining the L.A. Clippers a few, we- a few weeks ago. He's only played, he's only appeared in five games or so, only started one. We'll get into him a little bit later, get into the Clippers. We'll get into the NBA standings after a little bit of a wacky night last night. You still don't know who I am. I've been covering the Thunder since 2014 and since 2018 with 107.7 the franchise, 107.9 the franchise in Tulsa as their lead Thunder insider, Thunder contributor, Thunder dude, whatever they want to call me. That's what we're going to go with. You can find all my work at thefranchiseok.com. You can also subscribe to the OKC82 podcast, which is basically the post-game show that Madison Morris and I do after every game, home and away. Post-game reaction show, it's about 45, 50 minutes long. So it's a perfect compliment to this show as it's you know the raw reactions to what just happened, either a fun win or a 47-point <laughs> defeat for the Oklahoma City Thunder. We got you covered. You can also tune in Saturday mornings from 10 a.m. until noon to the Franchise Thunder Insider Show with Jerry Ramsey, John Hamm, Madison, and me. Sometimes we're in studio, sometimes we're on remote, on location. It's fun either way, but we enjoy talking basketball. We enjoy talking hoops early in the morning. Hopefully you guys are entertained and informed or whatever you get out of it. Hopefully you get something out of it. We enjoy doing it, so hopefully you enjoy listening. And another special thank you to the Oklahomans, Joe Masato, for jumping on the podcast yesterday. Uh, I've really appreciated Joe being added to the beat this season. 
he's a wonderful writer. He's a fantastic person. He's a, a another person that I could always go to if I have a question or, you know, just basically, you know, the, the thing about this job, you know, you have a lot of coworkers that you don't necessarily work with. Like there are a lot of media members. We don't all work for the same publication or company or whatever, but we all cover the same team. And so it's kind of in our best interest to at least be cordial at the very least. And it, it does certainly make the waiting for players and coaches, you know, that much more enjoyable. Joe certainly is very much a part of that. Uh, I'm always thankful that I cover the Thunder with a great uh, collection of writers and media members that are always helpful, that are always just fun to be around for those silly times where we're waiting an hour to talk to millionaire basketball player. So again, thank you, Joe jumping on that show and if you didn't catch it i highly encourage you to go back to monday's episode and listen to it uh, obviously there's been no game so a lot of the stuff still applies we talked about the clippers we talked about shaky alexander's development and we even talked about billy donovan's contract status and then we played a little bit of devil's advocate about well what if he doesn't why wouldn't he want to take the job why wouldn't he want to be a part of the thunder rebuild moving forward so we went down that rabbit hole just a little bit so again highly encourage you to go back and listen to it but again, let's jump into the LA Clippers. LA Clippers sit at 41 and 19, currently the third seed in the Western Conference. They've got a two-game lead over the Houston Rockets, who just lost last night to the New York Knicks on the road, and we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, but again, 41 and 19. They're six and four in their last 10, but they're on a four-game winning streak. The last time they were in Oklahoma City, the Thunder did get the victory, but that was only against a Paul George-led LA Clippers, which is still pretty damn good, if you ask me. Uh, but there was no Kawhi Leonard, and I believe no Patrick Beverly in that game as well. There's nobody on the injury report. report. I'm going to assume that we're going to see both Kawhi and Paul George. It's a big game. Uh, this is the time of year where teams start to uh, position themselves for seeding, taking games a little bit more seriously than they would prior to the All-Star break. You know that. If you're listening to this podcast, you of course know that. And from a, you know, but just from a, a fan of basketball's perspective, of course I want to see Kawhi Leonard and Paul George on the same floor with Chris Paul, Shea Gilles Alexander, Steven Adams, Dennis Schroeder, and everybody else. I want to see the best players possible. But you know what really makes the Clippers a dangerous team is not necessarily the fact that they have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. It's because they have such high-end level role players like a Lou Williams, a two-time six-man of the year, certainly up there once again for the six-man of the year candidacy with teammate Montrez Harrell, a six-seven center who is an absolute man, who's an absolute monster of a man. Again, if you're going to be six-seven and be a center, like you got you got to be tough. He's certainly in that category, but those two bring quite a scoring punch, quite a just presence off the bench for the Clippers and give them an added level of toughness and veteran savviness. And then shooting guard Landry Shamit out of Wichita State, rookie last year, really impressive last season. So, you know, he's only getting 10 points a game off the bench, but 40% on nearly six, 40% on nearly six threes a game. I mean, he's just dangerous. No matter where he is, no matter how he's doing in a particular game, he can always light it up. Everybody's favorite, Patrick Beverly. We know what he brings to the table. So if he's able to go tonight, he has played the last four games after missing five games at the beginning of February. Watching him going up against Chris Paul is going to be its going to be interesting. <laughs> it's just going to be like, what silliness is going to unfold tonight? And then Reggie Jackson. Yes. Thunder fans, you thought you were done with him. 
but you were not. Uh, after playing with the Detroit Pistons of the last few seasons, since being traded there from Oklahoma City in the twenty in the 2015 trade deadline, was bought out by the Pistons, joined the LA Clippers, started his first game with the Clippers with Patrick Beverly being out, and then has since come off the bench and played around 18 to 20 minutes a game. It's going to take him a while to get readjusted to coming off the bench, but I, I am truly interested if he's ever going to write SPG on his sneakers again. Um, he has a little bit of a better case if he's going to be doing that up against a guy like Patrick Beverly than he did with Russell Westbrook. If you're unfamiliar with the story, when Reggie Jackson was Oklahoma City's six-man and backup point guard on those in during those mid-years with Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook after James Harden was traded, Reggie would write SPG on his basketball shoes for starting point guard because he felt that he was a better point guard option than Russell Westbrook. And look, I appreciate the confidence. And when you're playing in the NBA and you're playing at that level, you have to have that confidence. But it it strayed away from confidence and bled into potentially team chemistry derailing. Look, you're not better than Russell Westbrook. Guess what? Not a lot of players are better than Russell Westbrook, so it's not an insult. It is what it is. Now, maybe at this part in his career, this this level of his career, maybe Reggie has a little bit of a better understanding of, well, I'm on a good team with title aspirations. It's a lot, it's a lot better than being a starting point guard in Detroit, maybe. Maybe he has that mindset. Maybe he'll be a little bit of a more of a team player. We will see. But regardless, Thunder fans, you'll have a chance to boo him once again because he does get booed every single game he comes back to Oklahoma City. And I got to say, like Reggie Jackson was asked about it um, following the Detroit game a few weeks ago when the Thunder won right before the All-Star break. And I got to say, like, I really appreciated his answer. You know, he, had a, he had a great understanding of what it all means, and he had a, he had a good attitude about it. Like, he, I think he said something like, I appreciated my time here. I had great memories here. My career started here. These fans are great. But anytime I'm going to get booed, I'm going to use it as inspiration. I'm going to use it as just something to make me be more engaged into the game. So he, he could have had a more of a piss poor attitude, of course, about it, but he chose to take the high road. So I like that out of Reggie Jackson, just given the stories that we've heard about him going back to his days in Oklahoma city, it seems like he's done a lot of growing up and that's always good to see in a player. I mean, we like to watch players make adjustments and improvements on the basketball floor, whether it's like their shooting form, their defense, just their overall status as a player. We like to see them grow as players, but it's also really fun to see people grow as human beings as well. And like, I don't want to read too much into just a one-off question. Who knows? Reggie Jackson may still, still very well be kind of the locker room headache that he was when he left Oklahoma city uh, that made guys like Kevin Durant say, yeah, some people wanted to be here, and we've got people in this locker room that now want to be here, and that was, of course, after Reggie Jackson was traded. Maybe all that's in the past now. I'd hope so. Reggie Jackson does give them a little bit more of a scoring threat off the bench, shores up their depth, gives them a lot of potentially deadly lineups, and if we've talked about if we talk about the Clippers, we always got to talk about their ceiling, and like Joe Masato and I were talking about yesterday. We don't really know what their ceiling is, and that is a scary compliment, to say the least. The Thunder have a huge test tonight. It's unfortunate that they have to play Milwaukee on the road on the second night of a back-to-back, then have a few days off, then guess what? You got the Clippers at home. It's a, it, we all knew it was going to be a tough stretch regardless, but the Thunder are in a very good spot to basically show, yep, yeah, Friday night against Milwaukee, that, that ain't us. We don't want to put that out in the world again. 
We want to have a much better performance. So I expect a better performance. Will that result in a win? That remains to be seen, but I do expect the classic Oklahoma City Thunder from this season of making it a game at least into the fourth quarter. When we get back, a little bit more on this Thunder Clippers matchup and then the wacky, wacky night that it was in the NBA and how that affects the Thunder. More after the break. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And welcome back to the Locked on Thunder podcast, everybody. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Really quick, I should have said this at the beginning of the show, but apologies yesterday for the podcast snafu that happened. I mean, whatever it was, I don't know. It might have been a server issue. Uh, when I uploaded the podcast, but for whatever reason, I uploaded it. And usually when I upload one of these podcasts, I'll go to it on my phone and play it just to make sure that it's correct before I really put out the link out there and piss everybody off. But for whatever reason, it just told me that it couldn't play on Apple Podcasts. And so I was desperately trying to figure out if I had done something wrong on the upload, realized that I, you know, I did everything the correct way. I don't know what happened. And so while I was doing that, one of my listeners and followers on Twitter, uh, Thunderbeard, added me and said, hey, I'm having issues playing the podcast. And I was like, okay, well, it's not just my phone. Well, this is kind of scary. So then I just went over to other Locked On podcasts that I'm subscribed to. I'm, I'm subscribed to the Locked On Pokes podcast that Colby Powell does. He does a fantastic job. Am I no shoe fan? No, but I like Colby Powell, so I will support but his couldn't play either. And then I just typed in a random locked on podcast thing. I, I clicked on locked on Celtics and that had the same issue as well. Whatever happened, it got f- fixed in some way in the next 30 minutes. So if you were trying to listen to yesterday's episode with Joe Masato and it said that it didn't work, uh, apologies once again. But if you're listening to this now, obviously it works. Go back and listen to Monday's episode. Highly recommend it. Another thing to build up for this Thunder Clippers game, we didn't get a chance to talk about it yesterday since I had a guest on, but I really feel like the Thunder have the right mentality going into this game, and I've talked about it a few times on the radio this week already. You know, we talked to Chris Paul yesterday at practice, and he was a little surly. He was a little annoyed. He was a little, you know, like basically for no reason. Now, he could have very well had a very physical, intense practice uh, Billy Donovan had been talking about that, that they need to prepare themselves for the physicality that the Clippers present. And that could have led him to be in kind of like a maybe still intense mode when he was talking to us. But, you know, Chris Paul is very cordial. He's very, very intelligent, awesome to talk to, always gives great answers. But he also suffers no fools. And when he smells BS, he'll kind of switch into defense mode. 
but he walked in in defense mode, and I, I can't help but think that it has something to do with being beaten by 47 points. Now, I like I've said before, I don't think that this 47-point defeat is going to linger that much because this is a team with strong leadership and strong chemistry, and teams like that bounce back. And what, is, what has this Thunder team done all season long? They've course-corrected, whether it be in a game or from game to game. They could have a bad first quarter or a bad third quarter, and then still outscore their opponent the rest of the way. Like the, the perfect example is that Lakers loss with no LeBron, no AD, and no Danny Green. They get outscored, embarrassed even, 41-19 in the first quarter, and then they outscore the Lakers the rest of the way and lose by eight or nine or something. But they made it a game. They made it competitive after getting blown out of the gym in the opening 12 minutes. And you've got to hope. The hope is, like we've seen all season long, that they can bounce back from a 47-point defeat and then either win outright or put out a very strong performance against a title contender at home tonight in Oklahoma City. But a lot of that kind of goes down to just Chris Paul's attitude. And he had the right attitude, in my opinion. He was pissed off. He doesn't want that to be the last thing that he threw out there in a basketball sense, a 47-point defeat. If that were me, I would be pissed off talking to the media. We didn't, We weren't asking him anything tough. We weren't really asking him that much about the Milwaukee loss in general. We asked him some questions about Leon Rose, his eight now former agent who's now the GM of the New York Knicks. Asked him about the physicality and practices that Billy Donovan was talking about. You know, just basic questions. Um, but again, just from a competitive standpoint, I consider myself very competitive. I just played flag football on Sunday. And while I didn't take it uber seriously, let me tell you, I was pissed off that we lost. I hate losing. So, you know, Chris Paul is a zillion times the competitor that I am. I bet he's chopping at the bit to get back onto the floor and basically really put that loss behind him and show, no, this is a better representation of what we are. So, Thunder fans, I would just stress this, you know, for the fans that obviously don't get to go see these players in practice and whatever, they have the right mindset going into this game. Will that matter? In terms of winning or losing, that again remains to be seen, but they at least have the right mindset in my opinion. Yeah, so what the heck happened in the NBA last night? You've got the Houston Rockets going to Madison Square Garden and losing to the New York Knicks. Losing to the New York Knicks. Who would have thunk it? That is, of course, a a good loss for Oklahoma City fans. The Utah Jazz ended up winning on the road against Cleveland. Somewhat of a tight game. If they would have lost, however, the Oklahoma City Thunder would have taken a few breaks after a 47-point defeat and been the fifth seed. They're only a half game back behind Utah as it stands currently, which makes tonight's game against the Clippers all the more important. The Jazz are off tonight, and they play the very same Knicks in Madison Square Garden who just beat the Houston Rockets once again. And the same Bucks team who the Thunder just unfortunately had to play the other night on Friday go down to South Beach and get defeated Quite handily, I might say, 105 to 89 to the against the Miami Heat, which of course makes this Miami Heat fan very happy. I love the way that Bam Adebayo defended Giannis Antetokounmpo and basically anybody else that he deed up against, whether it be Chris Middleton or whoever else. Uh, Bam Adebayo, very good basketball player, I must say. Another good thing for Oklahoma City is that the Dallas Mavericks lost 109 to 107 to the Chicago Bulls. Chris Porzingis did not play in that game, but it brings us to the grander picture that is the Western Conference standings. Oklahoma City still the sixth seed despite being off a few days and Dallas winning a game the other night, but then losing 
to the Chicago Bulls last night. Dallas stands at 37 and 25 at the seven seed. Oklahoma City tied in the win column at 37 wins, but 23 losses puts them right at the sixth spot. And again, <clears throat> if the Thunder are able to win tonight, they will be at least tied in the win column with the Utah Jazz for the fifth spot and then have a very good chance at just outright passing the Utah Jazz, being that their second night of a back-to-back is against a much more manageable team in terms of getting the win on the road in the Detroit Pistons tomorrow night. Houston, after the loss, sits at 39-21. and 21. They're starting to hit their stride, though. Houston could very well... I mean, if they remain hot, but again, losing the Knicks kind of sucks, but if they remain hot, they could very well climb up in the standings and catch number three, which probably plays into the Clippers... A, wanting to play everybody at full strength tonight, and then B, really trying to win this game because Houston's chomping at the bit right behind them. I'd imagine L.A. wants to stay in at least the top three seeds. At the very least, they're tied with the Denver Nuggets at 41-19, and so they could very well just get the win tonight, climb up to the second spot, and then start chasing the Lakers, which the Lakers, I don't know if anyone's going to catch them. They're 46-13, and by far the best team in the Western Conference. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Well, everybody, thank you so, so much for listening to the Locked on Thunder podcast. No shoot around today, so no audio whatsoever. Uh, We'll get some audio tonight from Billy Donovan pregame, maybe even some audio in the locker room pregame from some players. Whoever's in there, I might go try and talk to somebody. I haven't talked to some of these players in some time since I've been put on postgame duties and I'm not in the locker room after games anymore. Thankful, but whatever. Uh, Speaking of postgame, If you are going to the game tonight, and I expect a fun, fun atmosphere, it's the Clippers, it's Paul George, who actually just had a dock put down in Oklahoma City down in around Southwest 19th. It's kind of cool. Like his foundation built a dock that looks like a basketball floor. It has his PG logo on it. I'm going to go check it out. I didn't get a chance to go check it out yesterday. I was cutting audio and editing some stuff and looking over some other things for work. Wasn't able to go to the event. But I'm sure at some point I'm going to go check it out. It looks pretty cool. And look, I know Paul George is kind of a – it's he's kind of become a, a little bit of a joke, unfortunately. Um, I've got my opinions about him in terms of when I covered him for the last two years. He is a people pleaser, and I, I don't mean that in an insulting way. I, sometimes I feel like I'm the same way. Like, basically, in, no, no one should really walk around the world and think – I just want to piss people off today. I want people to hate me. No, Paul, of course, doesn't do that. Paul just wants people to like him. And so he'll sometimes say things that may not be 100% genuinely how he feels, but he feels them in that moment because he's looking at you 
he knows that you're looking, probably looking for a certain type of answer from him, and he's going to want to give it to you. Again, it doesn't come from a disingenuine place. It may just come from a place of, I just want you to like me. I want you, I want you to be happy. Here we go. So maybe because of that, you might have a poor opinion of Paul George, and maybe you have a poor opinion of him because he forced his way out via trade, even though he was in, under contract for the next two seasons with the Oklahoma City Thunder. But the way that I, I choose to look at it, as a native Oklahoman, Paul George chose to stay in Oklahoma City. He had all the free the freedom in the world to go take meetings with this team, that team, or, or some other team, but he chose not to. He chose, no, I'm really bought in with Russell Westbrook and Oklahoma City as a franchise, as a city. I am going to make a big deal out of signing in Oklahoma City. It was an exciting time to be not just a fan of the Thunder, but covering the team and, of course, being from here. It was cool that a superstar of that caliber in Paul George, who the next season became an MVP candidate until he got, unfortunately, was injured. It was a huge time to be alive, basically, as an Oklahoman, that that player chose to stay here. And, yes, we all know how it ended, but he did do it in a professional way and in such a way that it allowed Sam Presti enough time and enough leverage to give Thunder fans hope and optimism moving forward, not just in the short term, because in the short term, we didn't see this when the Paul George trade went down. Short term, quite an exciting team, a fun team to follow and cover with some aspirations in the postseason, not not too high, but some aspirations. But of course, a lot of hope and optimism in the long run moving forward. And Paul George, in one way or another, was connected to all that and let all that basically happen. Will he get cheered tonight? I don't know. He was cheered the first time he came back, and that was a good moment. Got to appreciate the sh- what short time he did have here. You got to appreciate it. Victor Oladipo gets cheered. He was only here for a year. Only makes sense to cheer Paul George. Will he get cheered again? Eh, maybe, maybe not. But I think it's just always going to be an interesting little connection that Paul George is going to have with Oklahoma. And I think that just that little gesture of having a fishing dock built somewhere in Oklahoma City with his logo on it, I don't know. I think that's just going to be a unique little connection. And, you know, players will always have unique connections to Oklahoma City, like Chris Paul. Is he going to retire a Thunder player? Probably not. I think for Thunder fans' sake, they would hope not because that would mean that they're not able to trade him for more assets because at some point this, this thing needs to blow up in some way. Is he going to be known as a Thunder player when he goes to the Hall of Fame? Probably not. But with his connection to the Oklahoma City Hornets and now the Oklahoma City Thunder, he's always going to have a unique connection. So connections abound for this young little franchise in the middle of nowhere in a flyover state, whatever. Whatever you want to call it, Oklahoma does have a nice little basketball history, and I'm proud to be a part of it in whatever little way that I am. But everybody, thank you so, so much. Enjoy the game tonight. Uh, Go to Flint's if you're going to go to the game. Madison and I will be there immediately following the game on the post-game show for 107.7. So come say hi to us. Come take a picture with Madison. You don't want to take a picture with me. I don't look that good. But have fun with it. And until tomorrow, I will talk to you later. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.